eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Breaking news, everybody, as the UK government has sanctioned Roman Abramovich, meaning his assets have been frozen, including, of course, Chelsea Football Club. And that's why we're here. Massive news, including what this means for the proposed sale, the supposed sale, the future of employees, including players, staff, and, of course, the supporters, and what this means for their club and the future. We have our very own insider, James Bench, who just wrote about it. You can read it on CBS Sports, of course, and we'll be discussing everything. This is a live segment so if you have questions and stuff hopefully we can answer them but Kigo Lasso live Roman Abramovich sanctions I don't even know what to call this segment but it's big big news with James Bench begins right now Hey, everybody. Welcome to Que Go Lasso. Thank you so much for being part of the family. Breaking news, of course, as we mentioned, uh, uh, an emergency show. James Bench, Roman Abramovich. Uh, the sanctions have happened. Okay, uh, you've written already about it. Explain to us, give us the bullet points, what this means for both Roman and, of course, Chelsea Football Club. Uh, well, for Roman, at least we know the answer there. His assets are frozen. He cannot travel to the UK. He cannot receive money from British individuals, British corporations. I mean, he has a lot of assets in the UK. We don't know yet. He was trying to sell his house. He was trying to sell Chelsea. Um, there is a lot of money for Abramovich tied up in this country. He's not the only oligarch. Um you know, the, the seven oligarchs with a combined worth in the UK, I believe, of about £15 billion sanctioned today. He is, of course, by far the most high profile um, of, uh, of the oligarchs in the UK, in the world. Um, for Chelsea, it becomes more complicated. They have a special license agreement with the government that runs until May the 31st. It can be revoked at any time. It can be changed at any time by the government. It basically allows them to continue to operate as a football club, but not the football club we know. So every season ticket holder will be able to go to the uh, remaining games at Stamford Bridge, but they can't sell any more tickets. They uh, can't buy any more players. They can't agree any more contracts. They can take in money for, t for ticket sales that have already been agreed. They can take in money for uh, player transfer deals that have already been agreed. They can also pay that money so that creditors, clubs that are owed money for, you know, a Kai Havertz or whoever, they can get their money. But crucially, Abramovich can't access this money. Um, and when we talk about the sale, which I know we'll come on to talk about it in greater depth, but, you know, R Roman Abramovich, I think the thing we have to say is he cannot get a penny out of Chelsea. So if Chelsea gets sold, it will be done, you know, without him earning any money. He can he can theoretically agree that. Um, and if the UK government agree as well and write a, a new licensing agreement, it could happen. But I think we also have to be very clear that right now, as it stands, Chelsea can't be sold. Something has to change. 
Yeah, so that's really where I was going. Great segue there. There's so much to obviously uh, discuss and try and break down, but the sale is the number one part. And by the way, as we're talking with James Mench, he's, he's, he's on the phone with sources and everything, so we're, we're having a, a, a deep conversation. He's not just, you know... Uh, uh, tweeting out his uh, <laughs> his favorite TV show, and he's he's working as well, we speak. Well. Oh, he might be doing that as well. But today, really, we want to begin with the sale. Let, let let's focus on that for a second. So, as you just said, James Benj, this sale is not, at this point is frozen. It's not happening. And you know, there were potential interested buyers with you know uh, Hanshark Vis, of course, with Todd Bowley from LA Dodgers. Uh, some other names have, have surfaced. So at this point, that's not happening unless. Of course, this moves on to the government side of thing, and they take care of it. So Roman Abramovich has a situation here where he fights it or whatever, or just let Chelsea rot. Is that how I understand it? Because at this point, the sale cannot happen unless the government takes over. Yeah, as you say, Luis, you know, if the government want to sell it, the argument they would make is that this is for, you know, the good of Chelsea Football Club, Chelsea supporters and the football landscape. Because, you know, and, and Nadine Doris, the, the, the UK's culture secretary, did make this point that they were aware that this is really tough on, on Chelsea supporters. And, you know, there's a great level of discourse uh, on social media around this and a lot of nonsense being said. But there are also Chelsea supporters who would just think, we just want to be out of this. You know, we supported Chelsea before Abramovich and we'll support it after Abramovich and we just need some clarity. In terms of the the, the sale, it, there was already a lot that we didn't quite know the answer to. So Abramovich spoke about, um, you know, he would not call in the debt, but that the, what would be going to a foundation he was going to set up was the net proceeds. Now, the parent company that owned Chelsea, Ford Stam, they owned, uh, owed $2 billion uh, roughly. Um, based on loans they put into Chelsea. And it was never entirely clear to me and to, to sort of legal experts, I asked whether uh, that debt would be completely written off. But I think the expectation was still that if the club was sold for $2.5 billion, that the two, $2 billion would get written off because otherwise it stays on Chelsea's accounts with yeah. the new owner. All of this was not clear. I think that's what we have to say. So when I'm saying this, people viewing at home, please don't kind of take it as gospel because no one knew. There was deliberate grey areas in Roman Abramovich's statement right down to things like, you know, the foundation would benefit all victims of the war in Ukraine. Now, you know, that there have been Russian victims of Russian aggression in Ukraine. So there are a lot of vague things here. Um yeah, he right was very now. careful with the wording. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 we do have to be right. And equally, you know, with the, this whole process, talking to, you know, I haven't spoken to many of the the interested parties, but I think it's also true that there were people that were declaring an interest there to be seen to be declaring an interest uh, mm. that maybe they didn't realistically think that they were going to get the club, but it it puts them out in the market. It means that other other clubs around Europe might might be made available to them in the future so that's unclear but you know seeing the reports from from other top journalists who who know Chelsea better than I it does sound like there is still interest in picking up this club and that's not surprising because it was already you know when Abramovich put it up for sale publicly it was already a good deal it's you know if yeah he was never getting you know what he wanted you know which is north of 3 billion of course yeah. even pushing up to 4 uh, but that was never going to happen. Now, of course, you know, uh, awaiting the decision. But if it falls to the government, I'm imagining some kind of situation where the price, to your point, the amount will be a completely different 
a man from what Roman wanted in the first place. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, the, uh, unsurprisingly, there will always be people in this society who, who look at the, a deal and go, well, yes, I should buy this. It's, you know, there's a chance to make a, a profit on it quite easily. Yeah. But, you know, I think we shall see, like, we are in, you know, we say this a lot in football, but sometimes we're talking about 200 million pound transfers or, you know, something that's happening on the pitch. We are in such uncharted waters here. This yes. is, you know, 15, 20, when Abramovich bought the club, the idea that this would be a, a vehicle for expanding the soft power of a, of a nation state. And let's be frank, you know, that there's certainly a degree to which it has served as that for Russian interests. That was not something we even thought could exist. And now here we are 19 years later and we're trying to untangle all this. It's, but we've never had to do it before. And I don't know if, when we'll have to do it again. Wouldn't shock me if we do. You know, this is this is super complicated. And anyone anywhere on any platform that's telling you they know what's going to happen, I just think they're lying to you. Yeah, exactly. And this is why we're doing this. We're just trying to break everything down of what exactly this uh, sanction means and also what it means for Chelsea. But to your point, you know, there's obviously bigger things in life than football and the tragedy that's going on in Ukraine. Uh, it is the most important part of it, but there is the ripple effect that football is dealing with. And by the way, you know, the, the, the we were talking about this before we went live. The statement itself begins with that, right? The relationship, of course, you know, uh, that uh, Abramovich has, you know, with uh, Russia, Putin, et cetera. That's what the statement says. You know, it's not like we're trying to create any kind of, you know, uh, you know, fabricated uh, narrative. But anyway, I want to keep going here. Uh, we have a comment. Actually, we're going to get into that. We have a comment from uh, Run With It. They better figure this out quickly. We're losing Christensen. I need to sure up Rudiger's contracts, etc. Back on the transfer van by bring up the kids. All right. Well, listen, that's what we're going to go into now because we're going to get into the nuts and bolts of the sanctions. Uh, the sale is one thing which we've, we've talked about already. But, you know, first of all, all right, let's talk about uh, the transfer situation because it is a transfer ban mm. at this point. Right. Players right now who are right now in the club. Yes, they can still get paid, et cetera, but nothing, no future transfers and no future contract negotiations. Is that how I believe it? Yes, indeed. Now, crucially, at the moment, um, this is so far off going back to what we're saying. At the moment, this this special licensing agreement expires on the 31st of May. Yeah, it's going to be a bit strange then because that does. But I mean, there's no indication that the the, the sanctions on Abramovich do. Um, but theoretically, um, by May the 31st, you do still have time to agree new contracts. Now, you know, as, as Fabrizio has reported with Christensen, that deal looks like it's going to happen to, to Barcelona anyway and was going to happen anyway. And, and he'll be free to leave. Rudiger, there's so much doubt there. Um I think it was always always seemed unlikely. Uh, yeah, but, reports yeah. suggesting that he was on his way out anyway, and you know, uh, even before all this. But yeah, I think you know, as, as you say, that the key thing is that they can't that right now. They can't be replaced. No one involved with Chelsea will want this to to drift into the summer in the transfer transfer window. But it, it may well have to. Um, and then it is you know as as a, as our commenter said, it is you know play the kids. 2.0 now there are some really good kids at Chelsea and I think you know when we come to look at some of the post Abramovich life because we know it 
almost certainly won't involve another billionaire who's willing to throw huge amounts of money at buying trophies. I hate to say it, Chelsea fans, but that's kind of how it worked. And that's not your fault. It's not the player's fault, but that's how it worked. You know, Chelsea will still have one of the best academies in England and lots of great young players who can come through the next... I mean, Trevor Chalibur, any, every game I see him, he looks like a future England international. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you know, this is... As Pelaqueta is another whose contract expires very soon. It's a bit further off, but what happens with your your Ngolo Contes of the world? He's got just over a year. Um, you know, it, it seems quite small. Fright, and Thomas Tuchel as well, I guess, as well. You know, just yeah. his own. What is he thinking about this? He was already looking frustrated when he was asked questions about That's this. Such a, it's such a good point. Um, I mean, I have you know, and uh, all media are thinking like I am now. All media in the UK, I've just you know tried to rearrange my plans to make sure I'm around for the Chelsea game on Sunday because, and it's not really about the game, although, and we can come on to talk about this. It will be fascinating being at what is almost the last, the last game of in normal circumstances at, at Stamford bridge or, or maybe the penultimate one. It could yeah, be. Yeah, James, we have a question here about Rudiger, by the way, can Chelsea renew the contract of Rudiger right now? The problem is uh, Hamza is like one, no, and two, I don't think Rudiger wants to stay anyway. And I think this will emphasize it, but I believe Chelsea cannot do anything right now just, with that. Just like you say. And um, unless there's clarity soon, why would, you know, anyone advising Antonio Rudiger would say, you know, go to a place where you you know what's going to happen both on and off the pitch. We've seen like, you know, there's the other side of it is in footballing terms, almost season by season, Rudiger's gone from star player to can't get in the team under Frank Lampard, back to star player with Tuchel. You know, this will Chelsea players will naturally be thinking right now. And I, I saw there was some a French publication had quoted an agent who, of one of the players just going, what are we supposed to do here? You know, we don't really know what's going on. And can we not leave if we want to leave? Yeah. In theory, they can. But also, you know, Chelsea will will be make it very hard for players to go if they if they can't replace them. So it's it, it is incredibly stressful. And I think one thing we kind of need to emphasize is the players, the staff, and, you know, we're looking at staff at the club shop who now have no work to go into because that's been shut because Chelsea can't sell merchandise. Yeah. All these people, you know, they're not, you know, they're not involved in, you know, this, in what Vladimir Putin's doing. So we do have to empathize with them. You know, they all knew what they were getting themselves into when they, well, certainly the players and the manager, and the executives knew what they were getting themselves into when they joined Chelsea and became involved in it and the sponsors as well. But these are really scary times for people that are, that are not multi-billionaires. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
Yeah, just regular day-to-day employees of a club that rely on a paycheck. Absolutely right. Elizabeth, thank you so much for that comment. That's correct. What does this mean for the reputation of Chelsea as well as, uh, you know, the future translates itself? I think that that will probably, as we mentioned, will try and be figured itself out as the summer continues and see what happens with the sale if it gets unfrozen, et cetera, et cetera. There's other things that I wanted to talk about in terms of the nuts and bolts of these sanctions, James Bench. Uh, We've talked about you know, the sale, we've talked about the transfers and players and contracts, et cetera. We obviously, as you mentioned, employees as well, you know, but expenses is something that's intriguing. Henry Winter pointed out something interesting from the note here. Uh, Chelsea has a budget at this point. Uh, Obviously, Chelsea are Mm -hmm. part of the Champions League right now. Uh, They have to travel. You know, uh, it's not a cheap thing. And it's not just for players. The entire staff have to go back and forth around Europe. I believe the budget is what, James Bench? Around 20,000, is that right? 20,000 pounds. Um, so $26,000 around that. Uh, so that's about $30,000-ish, yeah. Okay. Um, I, I should know, 26,000 actually. You know what? Insight into reporting uh, as a UK-based journalist for an American thing, I spend so much of my time Googling pound to dollars. And thank God Google now has this thing where you can just put in the amount. and Converter, yeah, it's great. I love it. Uh, I love it. Um, Here's an interesting thing, though. Uh, Hugo Schechter, who, great follow if you don't know him, he used to work in player care at Southampton and, um, and at West Ham. He now does that. On his own, he says, you know, and I'll read out his tweet here for context, a usual Premier League away game with a flight, security, food, hotels would be about 30,000 going abroad. Don't see how they can do anything other than either commercial flights or drive their bus and significant drop in standard of hotel will make a big impact because, you know, I remember there's a good example of this um, a couple of weeks ago. Spurs went to play Man City um, and this was during Storm Eunice. Yeah, they couldn't fly. And it was it was kind of treated as this utter chaos because, you know, they were going to, these athletes were going to spend five hours sat down, you know, not stretching, not moving uh, in a bus. Well, you know, I, I hate to, to trivialize this, but that's kind of what Thomas Tuchel and, and company are, are going to be doing from now on, you know, Lille coming up next week. Now, Which is, maybe. you know, not that far away. Because the, no. there's going to be further things. That's going to take way more than, you know, the, the budget. So it's going to be really tricky. And by the way, as well, reasonable costs towards hosting home fixtures. Because remember, everybody, season ticket holders can still go. If you have a ticket, you can still go. Anybody else cannot. And we're going to talk about Brentford's tweet in a second as well, because they're confused to what's happening. But that's not going to the reasonable cost towards hosting home fixtures. James Bench can exceed half a million, which it may sound a lot, but you know we're talking about hosting a fixture. It, it it costs a lot of money. Yeah, that's you know that's stewards, and this is a forty thousand stadium. And one of the things you'll all have seen on Premier League broadcasts recently, it, it, the stewards will include paid medical staff who need to be ready not just for players but for anyone in the crowd. This is um, this is the, you know the this is what my mind's got blank catering staff as well. Um, yeah. You know, as we were joking on a previous podcast, put on quite a good spread at Stamford bridge. Um, it's, you know, all these, all these things cost a lot of money. And actually, by the way, we should say with all this, and you need set up for broadcasters as well with all this, the money that Chelsea's going back, gets coming back into Chelsea. It can pay wages. It can keep the club moving day to day, but everything else, you can't touch it. It's going to be, yeah. you know, put away, unavailable for Chelsea, unavailable for the owner. So, 
for I think especially for for Chelsea, a team that has kind of lived large and thrown money at so many things, uh, you know, also good things in the community. Um, it's it's uh, it's going to be a real culture shock, and you know, I'm I'm fascinated just from a journalistic point of view to see what Stamford Bridge is going to be like for for the games against Brentford, the games against West Ham, Wolves coming up, especially further down the line where, you know, tickets aren't already sold. I think kind of this weekend against Newcastle, all the tickets are sold. I, my understanding is they'll be allowed to fulfill that as normal. Yeah, the one after is the interesting one. And ER Don over there said a, a point that, yeah, has been raised about, I mean, listen, uh, God forbid to think that Chelsea has any kind of advantage at this point as there are bigger things in life. But yes, I mean, as we mentioned, season ticket holders and those who already have a ticket, uh, meaning no away fans, does that give a fixture advantage to Chelsea? I mean, there's way more important things going on, but, uh, you know, and this is evolving, everybody. So I think that probably there will be some kind of negotiation because Brentford just tweeted that game after Newcastle, mm. James Bench, they they were allocated 3,000 tickets, which they contracted to, to to sell. And now they need to know what are we doing with that because it was they were meant to go up on sale today, I believe, uh, in order to allocate. So what happens there? <sighs> No idea. They've sold some. Um, I would think that, again, I, don't, I mean, you'd have to change The thing is, you'd have to change the whole agreement. And this has been something they've been working on for months. You know, they have been really carefully making sure that they can sort of, as much as possible, unstitch Chelsea from Abramovich. Um, I, I don't think you can just kind of rewrite all that because it, a few thousand away fans can't go. Yeah. I do believe that, uh, was it in the regulation stated in the statement in, in the sanction that uh, the opposing fan can sell tickets to Chelsea fans? I don't <laughs> know. That, I Honestly, I have yeah. to reread that, but this is, this is part of the intricacy of what's happening here and, and exactly who will be able to go inside a stadium because if, if you're still allowed to run the club, you know, and here's the Brentford tweet, you know, th th there needs to be some clarification. And I'm sure there will be. It won't be less in the dark. But, you know, uh, opposing fans that are meant to be going to Stamford Bridge are going to be dealt with some obstacles here, James Bench. Yeah, I'm, I'm just looking at this, uh, at this now. So anyone that's purchased a ticket at all uh, under this license agreement can, you know, he can, they can attend and they can buy their food and stuff but it doesn't at the moment it doesn't say anything that 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 makes me certain that it can it can kind of that the, the, the tickets can be sold in the future it, it is very confusing yeah very confusing uh there's a little weird sound thing here this is what happens when we do a live show everybody apologies we're just going to try and work on it but we're just going to keep going here as we're nearly done as uh, to remind you, everybody, breaking news that the UK government has sanctioned Roman Abramovich, meaning his assets have been frozen, meaning, of course, Chelsea Football Club is part of that uh, situation. Uh, James, we were also talking about uh, sponsors, you know, because obviously there's a lot of money there and reading specifically about three, right? One of uh, the main sponsors for Chelsea. You can see them on their shirt. What's the latest there? Yeah, so I, I spoke to uh, three. Their deal, as I understand it, expires in the summer of 2023. So they would be on next season's home kit as well. But um, they are assessing that. Uh, they're not the only one. I believe Zap as well. And um, I'm just chasing up some stuff with Hyundai. And they may yeah. also be assessing their relationship. 
a lot of these are kind of big global global conglomerates. So I'm sure with Hyundai, this has gone all the way back to the boardrooms in South Korea. But um, what you have to think about right now is that, as we've always said for, for years, Chelsea are the sort of embodiment of Russian soft power, of Roman Abramovich's influence in the United Kingdom. I mean, they've also a great football club with real history, especially recent history and excellent players. And that you would want to be associated with, you know, you would, you see, you see this all the time, actually on UK TV, on channel four, before some big TV shows, you'll see adverts of, of Reese James and Mason Mount, because why would you not want them right. promoting your products? But suddenly, you know, come Sunday's game, people on TV will be watching it, hearing all about how, you know, Roman Abramovich is, is linked, as you say, to very close links to Putin and thinking about everything, all the horrible things that Russian troops and the Russian army are doing in Ukraine. And they'll be thinking that and they'll see three on the Chelsea jersey. And why on earth would three want to associate themselves with current circumstances? So I can only speculate here, but it's informed speculation. I think we will see an awful lot of uh, sponsors, um, you know, parting ways or, or reassessing their relationships. I mean, the other thing I would say is most of these contracts will have some sort of force majeure clause that lets you get out. And I can't think of a more obvious um example of that than uh, yeah i mean to your point we've seen that a lot given uh, obviously the tragedy in, in ukraine uh, you know I, at this point as we uh you know conclude uh this show uh but we just you know try and final up some points uh you know at this point uh, abramovich is uh, if he chooses to challenge the uk government uh liam tormey you know made a good point from the athletic you know that could paralyze chelsea for a while you know so what is the best situation here, you know, for the club, specifically if Abramovich decides to challenge the UK government and these sanctions? Honestly, I mean, the best situation is that someone invents a time machine, goes back 19 years and just says, don't Can we do not it. do this. Yes. But I mean, I think and I think this is why in the end you kind of have to assume that that some sort of sale would would be allowed to pass through is that. Right now, uh, commute. What should be, what should be viewed as a community asset that carries deep emotional and personal value to thousands of people in the UK and millions around the world, um, you know, is being is locked in stasis. And you know, also a big employer employs thousands of people. Um, that some action just needs to be taken to to pull it out from where it is and, and to get it going quickly. You know, we never quite knew what. Roman Abramovich was really willing to do how much money he was willing to to say goodbye to um I think in the end it you know for him I doubt he watches Kega Lasso podcast but if you do Roman maybe it's the time to um you know to, to just write it all off right off the debt let this kind of go and, and actually I have to say if the UK government does have uh autonomy in this it should also be looking at you know the issues we had last year with the Super League and asking itself, you know, who is the right custodian for this for this club? Um, is fan ownership for once an option? Yeah, Could like the Spanish through? way, right? The socios yeah. or Bundesliga way, right? Exactly. Yeah. Which is uh, kind of what the Chelsea Supporters Trust uh, tweeted in their thread, asking the government, by the way, to uh, be involved and have uh, part of a share, a golden share as part of a sale of the club uh, what do you make of this by the way of this threat i think i think that would be fantastic and i think you could go further you know this this opportunity may never come again um 
because we've always spoken about how fantastic it would be to have fan ownership, but you know, fans as a whole fundraising three billion, it's it's sort of impossible. But mm. you know, right now, I think you could make something better out of this horrible situation. Um and I think if that, you know, if that is the case, I hope there is the will from the British government and most importantly from Roman Abramovich. You know, he said in his statement, he's always put Chelsea's best interests at heart. I mean, if that's true, he needs to work as hard as possible to get them out of this situation now because it's going to paralyse the football club. I mean, we, you know, we can joke about the little things, but, you know, in terms of on-field performance, you know, taking the bus to Madrid in a few weeks' time or wherever it might be. Uh, I think the psychological aspect of everything, Mm. right? And everything what this means. And of course, to me, it's something that I really constantly think about because uh, way back in the day when I was at university, I would, you know, uh, work the gates at Craven Cottage and stuff like all these people that rely on that paycheck as well. Yeah. You know what that happens. Uh, by the way, our colleague, Jamie, Ca- I like to say our colleague, you know, CBS Sports. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, cool, it? Yeah. Jamie Carragher uh, just uh, wrote a piece or sharing a piece from the Telegraph. Uh, Man United should go for Thomas Tuchel right away. This is the kind of uh, reporting that I'm thinking could happen. Um, in, in the next few weeks, right? Why yeah. exactly what he says? Why? What do you think of that? I I, I think that's a, a fantastic idea. Great. I'd not thought of it, and I hadn't really thought about it like this. You know, I mean, also if you're PSG, uh, I mean PSG should go for Thomas Tuchel right away. But that's another point. But you know, the, there are <laughs> there are play, players here. You know, I think it's strange is that it kind of in this bubble that it's in it makes stasis makes sense keeping thomas tuchel makes sense keeping kai havertz makes sense but also you know if i'm an, if i'm a rival premier league club if i'm psg if i'm any team with a bit of money you're going for it yeah what can i what you know everyone will try and make the best out of this situation everyone will try to snare the best players and and, and i do wonder players. about romelu lukaku because he does seem He's not somebody that obviously we know from Adam, but he does seem like a kind of player that really needs to be in an environment where he's happy, right? We've seen his career, how it's gone from United to Inter, you know, Chelsea, you know, started at Chelsea, you know. So I'm he could also be, you know, so this is something that, you know, would be intriguing to follow up. Now, reminding everybody that the sanction means that Chelsea can't do any business right now. So I don't know what that means in terms of, you know, how long that will last for potential sales, James Bench. Uh, Ivan writes, uh, thank you for being part of the show, Ivan. He writes that uh, this is pure financial terrorism from the UK government. Oh, can we just knock this nonsense on the head? It's really not. You know, the terror is that there is t- terrorism happening. It's happening in Ukraine. And it's, in, in, it, it, it's incumbent upon the UK government to deal with this. And I don't know whether Ivan's a Chelsea fan or not, but, you know, Chelsea's Chelsea's important to us in the the world in which we work, but actually, when you look at what the UK government is doing and why, you know, you put pressure on the oligarchs because the oligarchs you hope may be able to influence, you know, Putin's standing and may be able to actually do something because we know that Vladimir Putin has close ties to Roman Abramovich. Yeah, and I actually, I, I have a very I have I take umbrage with yeah. with anybody using that word terrorism. Uh, like like that so uh you know yes i agree james bench all right well as we look to wrap up here and obviously uh reminding everybody that you can read james bench's 
entire uh, I, which continues to be updated. I imagine James Bencher on oh, CBS. Yeah. Plus. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. it's more information is coming, and of course, this is a moving thing as uh, the UK government has sanctioned Roman Abramovich, meaning his assets have been frozen. Uh, Chelsea Football Club, of course, uh, the proposed sale is is, is frozen, uh, and obviously. This has implications for all of Chelsea's employees and the fans. Uh, final thoughts before we say goodbye, James Benz. Thank you for, for being here in this emergency pod. And by the way, yesterday we reached our 500. This is our 501 show, uh, everybody. So we really appreciate it. And we're so close to 10,000 subscribers. Uh, but final thoughts, James Bench, before we say goodbye. Yeah, I mean, just to say, and this is not specifically aimed at Chelsea. In fact, it's very much not aimed at Chelsea. But I, I, I do hope that this, that Chelsea serves as a, as a warning to UEFA, to FIFA, to the Premier League, to the British government, to other governments and other leagues around the world, that you need to be really careful about who you let own a football club. These are valuable community assets that mean an awful lot to an awful lot of people. And that means they will be used for political purposes and you need to be, you know, you cannot keep politics out of sport and it's nonsense to say that it should not be in sport, but equally, you know, something like this, you don't invite football clubs, community assets to be vehicles of soft power, whether it's for Russia, Saudi Arabia, the UAE, whoever. And, you know, we know the clubs I'm talking about American billionaires as well. You have to be so careful about who owns these football clubs this may not be the last time we we are having a conversation like this, but I, I hope that steps are taken to to make sure that we learn from from the, what's happened over the last few days. Yeah, there's a lot that we can learn from other leagues like the Bundesliga and uh, La Liga, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But James Bench, always a pleasure to have you. Make sure to follow him on Twitter and, of course, all the content on CBS Sports, CBS Sports HQ, right here. At Kego Lasso as well. A lot of fixtures as well today. You can read his interview, watch his interview as well uh, with Pablo Fornas as West Ham take on Sevilla. There's Premier League action. Uh, there's a lot going on, but obviously this is the major news of the day to begin everything. James Bench, thank you so much, my friend. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. We will see you next time. Make sure to follow Kego Lasso on Twitter, wherever you listen to your pods, youtube.com forward slash Kego Lasso, and of course, CBS Sports and your CBS Sports app. Have a great beginning, middle, end to your day. We will see you next time. Weekend preview coming up as well as much, much more. See you next time. Till then.